We are wrapping up a little short mini-series, a three-week series today called The Constant. And uh, we've been looking at the life of a leader named Joshua. We've been drawing some incredible principles to help us really successfully navigate seasons of change in our life. And we were going to be starting a new series in the book of Luke. See, I do this tricky thing, right? Actually, we're about 40 weeks into the book of Luke. So here's the thing. Scout's on, and we're going to finish the book of Luke this summer, and we're going to launch a new series that will take us to the, to the completion of Luke um, next weekend. So be here. It's gonna, I'm excited to get back into Luke verse by verse. Uh, but we've been, I just felt like we had one more week in this conversation that we needed to press into before we moved on and got back to Luke. And so let me uh, start out just by telling you a story. Uh, we did this crazy youth group trip, 500-mile bike ride to Lake Powell and back. Three days down, three days water skiing down there, and three days back. And it was an amazing trip. Now, my best friend and I, we rode mountain bikes, and we thought we were too cool for all the roadies. I don't know if you remember, like, you know, when we were young, the roadies, you know, that rode road bikes, and we kind of made fun of roadies. So we rode our about 40-pound Trek mountain bikes all the way to Lake Powell and back, 500 miles. And after that, we tried road bikes. And we never made fun of roadies again. We promptly bought road bikes and got into that. But it was an amazing trip. And here's the thing. The first day was so cool. We started up here on the Redlands, and we rode all the way down almost to Moab, you know, uh, past Fisher Towers, the beautiful section of the river. And it's just this gorgeous ride. And the first day out, I felt great. You know, I felt like I had the wind beneath my wings. It was just, you felt strong, and, you know, we trained for it, and we did this whole ride, and it felt great, right? The second day, I woke up, and I just felt like somebody, like, you know, added 100 pounds to my bike, right? And I remember getting out there and going, I don't feel so good today. I don't have so much energy today. And then I got outside of Moab, and you just kept riding. And then there's this hill that, you know, you that drive to Lake Powell, you've never noticed because you're in your car, right? Ride a bike sometime. Um, there's this hill that goes up into Lake Blanding in Monticello, and it is steep as all get out and long. And I remember hitting that hill and just wanting to get off and lay down and die, you know? <laughs> or jump in the sag wagon. We had one of those. I was about ready to throw in the towel, just give up. I didn't, I kept riding. And made it all the way to Lake Powell, and you know, it was a great trip. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The middle of any season is often when we run out of steam, isn't it? That middle, middle part. You know, some, we've been talking about seasons of change in this whole series. And seasons of change happen, sometimes they just happen to us, right? You, you, you grow up, you, you graduate, right? Or your kids grow up, they move out. Sometimes you find yourself alone after the loss of a loved one, or you find yourself with a health challenge you, you didn't ask for, right? I mean, sometimes seasons of change happen to us. Sometimes we choose them, don't we? Like starting a new job or a new career, and we're excited about it. You know, we're launched into it with excitement. We are, we're passionate about it. Or getting married. We choose that. And that's a, that's a whole brand new season in life. Regardless of whether you choose a season of change or whether a season of change just chooses you, the truth is that at the beginning of any seasons of change, it's often exciting, it's often dramatic, 
at the beginning, and often it's exciting, you know, at the end of that season where you complete something or you arrive at something, right, or you get to retire, whatever the thing is, right? It's often, there's often excitement, but in the middle, often that excitement just goes away, doesn't it? And the passion that you first felt gets tempered by weariness. If, you know, if you've had kids, you know this feeling, like the first week bringing home that newborn baby and you're living on adrenaline, you haven't slept, and people are bringing you meals, it's like so cool, and then about two months into the thing, you're like, you're like, hey, how's, you know, how's baby? And you're just like, I just want to sleep. Or maybe you had a new job you were so excited about. And then have you noticed every new job you start that you're so excited about, it actually turns into a job? Yeah. <laughs> At some point, you're like, this is a job. I have to get up and go do this, right? I don't care if it's your own business or whatever, you know? Or, or the remodel. This one's personally difficult for me. The remodel, you told your wife that it would take three weeks, you know, ah, it should be about a three-week remodel. It takes like 13 months. <laughs> I did that to my wife. Don't do that to your wife. Here's the thing. The middle, the middle of any season is often when we give up and lose heart, isn't it? It's just often when we run out of steam. It's, it's often when people give up on a marriage or they're given up on, right? That, that happens, isn't it? It's often when we give up on our dreams. For many, it's when they give up on following God. You know, freshman year or going to camp, they were so excited about serving Jesus. And then about junior year, just kind of slipped off the radar, kind of lost steam. It's when many people give up on following God. And some of you, you are in a season of middle right now, aren't you? You were really excited about something, and you launched, and now you find yourself in the place. You're just tired. You're weary. You just feel like you're on a treadmill. It feels like this season, may, no, there's no end in sight, right? And so I want to speak to you today, and I hope to encourage you and give you some hope and give you some real good, valuable tools to help you get through that season in the middle. And to do that, I'm going to give you the punchline right up front in case you fall asleep or something. And I have just one encouragement I really want to share with you. So here you go. You ready? You can do it. God is faithful. Don't give up. Let me, let me say that again. I don't think you're really excited about it, so let me try again. You can do it. God is faithful. Don't give up. Now, I want you to turn and say that to your neighbor once, okay? Right now. Go ahead. You can do it. God is faithful. Don't give up. Now, that was a little bit better, but I don't think you're really getting it. I don't feel like you're feeling the weight of it. And so here's what I want you to do, because I really want you to get this. And I saw this on a talk once. I thought it was really cool. So Cammie, can you come up? I'm going to invite our keyboard player extraordinaire back up. And Cammie is going to play us some fat piano chords, Okay. And we're going to see if we can get you a little more excited about this, because I don't think you believe it. I don't think you believe this. And I want you to believe it. I want you to feel it. Okay? So here we go. Let's try this. You can do it. God is faithful. Don't give up. Let's do it one more time. You can do it. God is faithful. Don't give up. Yeah, you're still a little weak. Got to be honest. Let's try it one more time. Here we go. You can do it. 
God is faithful. Don't give up. All right, can we hear a whoop or something? All right, there we go. Let's give Cammie a hand. Thank you very much for helping us with that. I don't know what it is about fat piano chords, but it just helps you get it, doesn't it? Just helps you. Now, here's the thing. I know that was kind of cheesy and pumping you up, you know. <clears throat> but, but here's the thing. In order to help you get this, and in order to help you do this, in order to help you realize God is faithful and you can do it and that you shouldn't give up, I've got five things today that I think are keys, things that you just can't forget when you're, when you're in a season of middle in your life. And so here we go. We're looking at the life of Joshua and the people of Israel. And 1,500 years before Jesus, Joshua and the people of Israel, they find themselves at the beginning of a major season of change after the death of Moses. And God calls Joshua to lead the people of Israel to inherit the the land that God promised them. And along the way, there's going to be many challenges, miracles, victories, heartaches, and hardships that would lay ahead. And before long, they go from the exciting beginning of the season of change to smack in the middle of this huge process and this huge challenge. And so, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Joshua chapter 1. And if you actually have a paper Bible, you can turn and put your finger in Joshua chapter 22 because we're going to be there in just a little bit. And we're going to look at the book ends and then talk a little bit about the season of middle that these guys went through. And so we'll start where we started the very first week in Joshua chapter 1 where God calls Joshua and tells him, hey, it's time, you're the leader, be strong and courageous, and you're gonna fill Moses' shoes, big shoes. I know you're scared, I know it's intimidating, so I want you to be strong and courageous. He repeats it to him five times. And Joshua gets it, and he goes around and he stirs up and says, people of Israel, it's time. We're gonna do this thing that God has enabled us and commanded us to do. Verse 10, so Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. And he reminds him, hey, this is gonna be something that, that I'm doing, that God is doing. This is going to be a God thing. Yeah, you're going to partner alongside and you're going, to, you're going to fight some battles in the midst of this, but it's going to be God actually doing the work. And the reason you can do it, the reason you shouldn't give up is because God is faithful, right? God is faithful. And, and the promise that he gives Joshua is the greatest promise in the world. And that is, I will never leave you or forsake you. And the author of Hebrews echoes that to to you and to me as followers of Jesus. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And the greatest promise of all is the promise of his presence, that he's with us, that he actually, through his Holy Spirit, he indwells us. And because of that, that's the reason why you can do it. You can't do it on your own. And you know that, you've tried. You can't do it on your own, but you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit moving through you. You can do it because he's faithful because he said he'll never leave you or forsake you, and you can trust him, right? So Joshua says, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. God's gonna do the work. Now, verse 12 says this, but to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. 
let me just catch you up on that story. Because just a short time before this, in Numbers 23, there's this kind of cool story. And earlier under Moses' leadership, the people were on the east side of the Jordan River. Um, Most of the, the tribes of Israel would settle on the west side. But they're on the east side, and there's this king named Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and this king named Og, the king of Bashan. And they come out to fight against Israel. And by God's power, Israel is able to withstand them and defeat them, right? And so the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of of Manasseh, they look around at this land, and they go, wow, this is actually pretty nice land over here. You know, we raise sheep. This is great grazing land. And so they come up to Moses, and they go, hey, Moses, you know, can we just stay here? Don't make us go across to the Jordan. Can we just stay here? And I'm going to paraphrase really quick. But Moses just blew his top. He was ticked off. Because you remember, they'd been wandering in the desert for 40 years, And the reason why they wandered around the desert for this long was because the first time when when they got there, the spies went in and they came back out. God said, go take the land. And they were scared. They said, there's giants in the land. It's too scary over there. We we can't go. And the people of Israel rebelled. And because of that, God took them on a giant lap. They did laps, you know. They ran wind sprints all the way around the desert for the next 40 years until the whole generation, except for Joshua and Caleb, had died off. And so now these guys are coming and saying, I don't think we really want to cross the Jordan. Moses just loses it. He blows his top. And so they, they kind of go back, and they come back to Moses, and they go, okay, well, here's actually what we were thinking. There's fortified cities. We'll just settle our wives and children and our livestock in the fortified cities, and we'll leave them here, and we'll go right, and we'll, we'll get on the front lines. We'll go with you, and we won't stop until, like, we're, we're going to help our brothers. We won't stop until, you, you know, the rest of Israel takes the whole land. And Moses goes, okay, that actually sounds good. And then he warns the people. He says, but you better do it. You better stick to your word. In fact, the, the word he actually uses is, if you don't do this, your sin will find you out. So you better stick to it. You better do what God called you to do. And so that's the, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. And so Joshua now, short time later, is going, uh, guys, I want to remind you of this. Don't, you know, weasel out of this. Don't think just because Moses is gone now that, you know, well, we made that promise to Moses. No, no, no. You made a promise. Stick to it. And so he reminds them. He says this in 14. Your wives, your children, your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them, help them, until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you, until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. And here's the first thing I really want you to write down as we're heading through this, and I'm going to have five different things here. The first thing is this, that your life will find meaning when you live for God and the benefit of others. And And I got to tell you this. I know I probably sound like a broken record because I tell you this all the time. But the only way your life is going to find meaning is if you live for God and for the benefit of others. If your life is oriented towards that, if you're living into that. And and here's the thing. For for many of us, like maybe 
like you want meaning, but meaning kind of, you know, it really in your hierarchy, you think, I, I would just like to be happy, you know? Yeah, it's just, that's normal. We're human, right? We want to be happy. And here's, here's the thing. When you try to get happiness by living towards yourself and for yourself, you fail and you end up miserable. When you pursue meaning, when you pursue meaning, you end up with both. Because meaning, true meaning in life is what leads you to happiness. Living towards something significant is what leads you towards happiness. And for some of you, you've tried for seasons of your life, um, you've, you've tried to just basically live for yourself and live for your own happiness and acquire things and do a lot of fun stuff. And you, you found an emptiness in that. You ended up miserable. And for some, maybe you're coming back around and you're checking out God, church, and the Bible for the first time in a long time. And the reason why is because you, you found that emptiness. And there's that thing inside of you that knows there's got to be something more. And that's meaning. And that comes in living for God, living your life, devoting your life to him, and then living for the benefit of others. And, and by others, I mean more than just your immediate family. Because you can live just for your immediate family too, and your time and resources and everything can be so wrapped up in just your immediate family that actually ends up becoming a little bit of an idol in your life. And that doesn't create meaning. You gotta live for the benefit of God, part of his bigger story, because your life only finds meaning when it's part of the bigger story of God's plan of reaching people and loving people and having compassion on people and seeing the gospel brought to people. That's what the whole story is about. And this whole, like, you can do it. God is faithful, don't give up, part of that. You can do it only when you remember the point of the story and only when you orient your life around that. Otherwise, you're gonna give up along the way because you'll pursue things that don't ultimately bring meaning or happiness in the long term. That won't get you through the middle. All right, verse 16. So Joshua reminds them of this. And they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. They are gung-ho, aren't they? They are committed. And they are also at the beginning of their season of change. They're at the beginning of the journey. And here's something helpful that, to remember, and, and don't forget this, that passion will help you start, but perseverance will take you to the end. This is just true in all kinds of different areas of life, right? You know this in marriage, right? You're in love. The butterflies, the whole thing, right? That'll get you into a marriage, won't it? But I'll tell you what'll get see you through. I'll tell you what'll see you through. That's the first Corinthians 13 kind of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Keeps no record of wrongs. That, that's the kind of love that'll take you through. Persevering. Not being selfish, putting other people first, right? Perseverance, perseverance will get you there. Passion, excitement may get you into that degree program. Perseverance is the only thing that'll get you through it, right? Passion and excitement will get you that mountaintop experience. Maybe some of you, this is your story, right? Camp, and oh, I wanna follow you, Jesus. And those are great moments. I'm so glad for those moments, right? 
especially in our young people's lives. That's send your kids to white out and camp and these things that we do because those are moments God just sets a hook in their heart, right? Missions trips. But here's the thing. Passion in those moments will, will, will get you to, to sign up and go, yeah, I want to follow you, Jesus. Perseverance will take you through. The middle is often where we give up, isn't it? It's often where we quit. This is the, the second day of my bike ride to Lake Powell, isn't it? This is, and thank you so much for all you volunteers that have been coming out on Fridays. This is Friday mopping now, isn't it? We're like, all right, this is really fun. Volunteered mopping, four to six, every Friday. And now our old staff and all you great volunteers are like, this is every Friday. This is kind of a pain, you know? The mopping will end one day. But it's perseverance that'll get us there, isn't it? You know this, um, Thomas Edison, who you know had like, what, about a thousand attempts before he finally successfully invented the light bulb. He said this, many of life's failures are people who did, did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. But see, this is the dangerous part of the middle season, is it feels like when you're in the middle, it feels like it will never end. It feels like you'll never get to what you're, you're going for. This is true um, when you begin to pay off debt and it just feels like we're not making progress or your mortgage, right? And you're like, is this ever going to end? And the truth is, if you stick with it, if you persevere, it begins to snowball. And before you know it, there's momentum going that will carry you the distance. Galatians 6.9 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And see, the context of that is in the context of generosity, investing in, in God's kingdom, but it holds true in, I believe, every area of our life and our spiritual life, right? That, the, that you reap what you sow. And if you're faithful, 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 it'll get you to the place where God wants to take you, right? So persevere. You can do it. God is faithful. Don't give up. And so the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh go, we'll do it. And they sign up, and they march out to the front lines. And the next, I'll just give you the rundown of the whole book, because we're going to flash forward right to the end of the book here in just a second. But the next story, you guys know it. We, last week, we talked about the crossing of the river and setting up memorials in your life, remembering the things that God has done in your life. Don't ever forget them, because you need to remember and have those things refreshed in your mind. I hope you went back and wrote some things down like I asked you to do last week. But they go across. They cross the, the, the Jordan River successfully. And then God does this amazing thing at Jericho. In fact, our kids are learning about Jericho and marching around. Our little kids today. It's kind of cool. Maybe we'll march around this wall a couple times before we tear it down. <laughs> see if God knocks it down. And we won't have to haul it to the dumpster. Well, we still will. There, there will still be rubble. So. And I don't think that would meet OSHA standards either. We'll just tear it down ourselves. Where was I? <laughs> ah, yeah. Hey, uh, so Jericho, right? Okay. So Jericho happens in this amazing thing of God's faithfulness. And the real the lesson is, I, I'm going to go before you. And yes, you're going to have to follow my instructions. And sometimes you're not going to understand. And they're going to seem really silly. But the lesson to learn is, it's God who's fighting the battle. And you've got to tune into the, to the Holy Spirit as he tells you 
the next step in life. That's, that's the lesson for us. And then, and then the next scene is so tragic because the next scene is this guy named Aiken and a battle in AI. And in this scene, um, they're defeated horribly. And, and there's an incredible lesson in that too because a lot of times what you're going through in this season, for, for some of you, it's not your fault. And you gotta hear this. You feel like I must have done something wrong in my circumstance. I must have done it. And yeah, none of us are perfect. But, but for some of you, you're going through things and you're walking because there's an Aiken in the camp. And what Aiken did is he, he took something that was dedicated and consecrated to the Lord. And some of you are facing things right now because of something someone else did and it's not your fault. And you gotta just keep going. You gotta not give up. You gotta trust that God is faithful. You need to seek God and go, God, can you really show me what's going on here? Can I get clear on what's going on here in my life, right? You gotta seek God about that. And so the people go on. And over the next period of years, they take the promised land. And let me just say, if you're you're maybe skeptical or you're checking out God, church, and the Bible, this might be a hard thing for you, this whole passage. And I got to say, the book of Joshua is one of the harder books, these several chapters right in the middle. And this whole kind of thing of, well, what's the thing like Jesus, you know, the New Testament, God is all about love. And what's with this Old Testament, God, I just don't understand that. If you have a struggle with that, I don't have time to go into this today. But let me tell you, there's a whole bunch of stuff with historical context and understanding some of the, um, the battle language and hyperbole that, that um, ancient texts were written in. And then also, there's a whole bunch of stuff in in just understanding the culture and seeing what God's judgment on a wicked, violent culture that we we can't even barely comprehend 2,000 years later. The kind of things, child sacrifices and the kind of wickedness that was going on because of idolatry there. And so if you have a hard time with that, I'll just invite you um, to email me, you know, and just go to our website and hit the contact us link, and somebody will get that over to me. And I would love to send you some resources to help you kind of work through that in your heart and your mind, because there's some great, great responses and answers to some of those questions. So you have this period of a couple chapters in the middle, really, that goes pretty quick, right? And then the next eight chapters of Joshua are Joshua apportioning out the land. And it's kind of like reading... It's like uh, reading a legal property description when you buy a house, you know, for eight chapters, you know, and so-and-so, they give him, you know, 300 West blocks down here, and you're like, okay. But here's the thing. Even though we read that and our eyes glaze over, to them it was incredible because this meant that the promises that, that God had made to Abraham 400 and some years earlier, he kept his promise. He was faithful the promise that your descendants to this one guy, you're going to become a nation and that nation will go on. You see this whole land? Your na- that nation is going to inherit this land. Incredible. And this was an incredible fulfillment of the promises of God. All eight chapters of legal property descriptions. They would have found it like exhilarating, right? And then right at the very end of this period before Joshua gives his final two speeches, Joshua gathers together, again, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They're the very last ones 
And here's what he says. He says this in Joshua 22.1. Then Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh and said to them, you have done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and you have obeyed me in everything I commanded. You've done it. You did it. You kept your word. You were faithful. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to live my life in such a way that when I get to the end of it, I hear these words from God. You did it. You were faithful. You followed me. You took the gifts I gave you, and you were faithful with them. You were faithful with what you were given. Well done, good and faithful servant. I hope you want to hear that too. And here's the lesson I learned from this. This is what you can't forget in the middle when you're in the middle of your season, right? The middle of that season of change, and it's just hard, and you're tempted to give up, and it feels like you just keep stumbling. Followers of Jesus aren't perfect, but they show up again and again. You know, none of us are perfect, right? Here's what I mean by that. Another way to say that. Followers of Jesus um, aren't perfect, but they're, but they're forgiven. And when they stumble and they fall down, instead of walking away from God, they get up, they ask for forgiveness, and they run back towards Jesus again and again and again. That is one of the marks of spiritual maturity in your life is that you quickly, when you find yourself stumbling or getting off track, you quickly reorient your life back towards following Jesus. You don't, you don't let it knock you off track for a season of six months or a year or a decade. You quickly turn back to Jesus. When you fail, you get up and run towards Jesus. Paul says this, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And see, if the truth of that promise sinks into your heart, you realize I am very imperfect and I stumble. But when I do, I'm forgiven and I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna ask for forgiveness. I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna run back towards Jesus. And I'm gonna do that again and again and again. Let me just tell you guys, man, all the time I recognize attitudes and things in my life that I'm like, man, I... I, I I wish that weren't there this far into my spiritual journey, you know? But here's what I do. When I stumble, I don't let it take a long time. I get up, I ask for forgiveness, and I run back towards Jesus again and again, okay? I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect, right? Um, One thing that's been really helpful for me this year uh, the beginning of the year, we talked about these micro goals. If you were here with us in this series, tiny little things that can stack up. And one thing I, I did that I kind of added to, to my routine is uh, I, 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 on a daily basis, and yes, I'm still checking it off. And I've missed some, but I still check it off. Let me tell you, there's a lot more red check marks on that page than there are blank spots. And so that's kind of fun and cool. But here's the thing. I've been praying the Lord's Prayer, the actual, you know, the Lord's Prayer. And I know I've taught series on this of how the Lord's Prayer is actually a model of prayer. But for me, just praying the actual Lord's Prayer every day 
has done this cool little thing. It, it's like it, you, it, a daily reorienting yourself, right? Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom comes about you. Your will be done. Lord, okay, it's, it's your story, right? I want your will in my life today. Let me be dialed into where you want to lead me and what you want me to do. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, okay, the provision for this has to come from you. Lord, we've got some big challenges here, you know, we, we got to finish a construction project. It's you, God. It's you. You're the provider. I trust you. Lord, I need you to move in, you know, in this situation in my family. I, I'm trusting you, right? Forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. God, forgive me, Lord. Let me just run back towards you. And then, oh, check my heart. Is there somebody I'm holding bitterness or unforgiveness about in, in my heart towards? I need to make that right. You know, lead us not into temptation, Lord, but you help me stay away from temptation today. Help me stay away from things that might cause me to stumble. Deliver us from evil or the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's been really helpful for me this year. Just that one little thing. of just incorporating that into, into my daily routine. About 80% of life is just showing up. And your spiritual walk, just the faithfulness and the consistency to keep running towards Jesus. Okay, so you missed, you, you know, you got busy, you went on vacation, you missed your quiet time and your prayer time for a while. All right, well, just get back to it. Get back to it. You stumbled, you fell down, you said that to so-and-so. <laughs> okay, ask for forgiveness and get back to it. Just get up and follow him, run towards him. Family time hasn't happened so much lately. Okay, re-engage in that. Re-engage in that. Your giving and generosity has kind of slipped off the radar for a while. Re-engage in that. Re-engage in that. So Joshua goes on in verse three. He says, for a long time now, to this very day, you have not deserted your fellow Israelites, but have carried out the mission the Lord your God gave you. And see, here's the thing. This, they were gung-ho at the beginning of the season. This season, we read it. It's like two or three chapters. You can read it in 15 minutes. This was seven years, the conquest. Seven years this middle season lasted for them. Can you imagine how many times in that they just wanted to go, you know what, the Jordan's kind of low this time of year. It'd be pretty easy just to go back over. the temptation to just quit, the temptation to give up. I'm sure many times they wanted to jump ship. And here's the thing. A legacy of faithfulness takes time. You have to see it through. You have to see it through in your life. You have to have a long-term perspective about your life. You know this if you've ever, you know, invested for retirement or anything like that, right? You have to have a long-term perspective. You have to have an eternal perspective if you want to go on following Jesus faithfully because sometimes the rewards aren't in this lifetime. A legacy of faithfulness takes time. You have to see it through. Don't give up, right? You can do it because God is faithful. Don't give up. I am so glad we didn't give up in the early years. I'm so glad we didn't give up when we had... 
13 people, including my kids, one night. And my friend looked over and goes, he's still going to preach. Yeah. I'm so glad. Because God is allowing our church, you guys, the church, our church, to continue to grow and reach our community and reach this world. To plant churches across, across the world. I'm so glad we didn't give up. And some of you, you need to not give up. Verse 4, now the Lord your God has given them rest as he promised. Return to your homes in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. Now's the payoff because you were faithful in the season of the middle. Now's the payoff. But, here's the thing, but be very careful to keep the commandment of the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And here's what you got to remember. You don't retire as a follower of Jesus. Okay? You don't retire as a follower of Jesus. And, and when you get to, when you faithfully see your, your middle season through in your life, whatever that looks like, it's only the beginning of the next step in your journey of faith. Some of you, you're going to retire. I mean, it's a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of us, you know, it's like yeah, a long time away, right? Some of you, you're just getting out of school. You're just starting your first real job, you know. Others, you, you're thinking about retiring, and that's great. But here's how you need to be thinking of that. I'm going to have another 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week available. God, what do you want me to do with that incredible resource? Some of you, your best years are still ahead of you. Your most effective years are still ahead of you. Regardless of what season, you don't retire as a follower of Jesus. You press into what he has for you. Don't, be, don't say, I, I did it, and now this next season's about me. You know, you don't, you don't retire as a follower of Jesus, and you don't graduate past being a servant, ever. That's something you signed up for for life. That's our call is to be a servant. You don't graduate past that. You know, you might be the, the important guy now. You know, you got through school, you got the degree, you're the boss. You never graduate past being a servant. Are you asking, if you're at the end of one season right now, I just hope you ask, I want to encourage you to ask, God, what do you have for me in this next season? Because here's the thing, God is faithful, right? You can do it because God is faithful. He's faithful to the end. And the question is, will you be faithful to him to the end? Will you be faithful to him? And so, this concludes this way in verse 6. Then Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their homes. The payoff. They were faithful. And so, if you'd stand with me, I just want to leave you with this. And I think you know what it is. And I think you remember it now. You can do it. God is faithful. Don't give up. One more time, everybody, with gusto. You can do it. God is faithful. Don't give up. Lord, I just thank you so much for my friends here. And Lord, there's, there's some in this room that are just in the thick of it right now. 
and they're tempted to give up, would you encourage their hearts? Would you encourage their hearts? And Lord, for those in the room that, that they're at the beginning of a season of change and that change is following you and committing their life to you, would they do that? Would they ask for forgiveness and commit their life to you? Here this morning, Lord. We love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.